How are your New Year's resolutions going? Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today we're thinking about coffee, or caffeine to be precise. The end of January is that time of year when those of you who made New Year's resolutions might be reviewing your progress. A new year offers a new leaf and is therefore a popular time to make some changes in your life. There are a number of common themes around New Year resolutions. Motivation to improve oneself is a general overarching theme, and health-related resolutions are no doubt the most common. Weight loss, increasing exercise, cutting out smoking or alcohol, or some other dietary component are all worthy resolutions, and as clinicians we should be supportive of patients' efforts to improve their health. Now, some resolutions can be quite straightforward. Eating less chocolate and sugar is something we can all do unsupervised, and while support from psychologists, personal trainers or their GP might help in achieving the goal, not buying and consuming chocolate does not hold any significant risks, unless you run into a Dementor at Azkaban, but that's for a different podcast. But there are some resolutions that need more than a quick Google search or YouTube video to support, and I think some of these might see us encounter these patients in urgent care. A person deciding to get fit and go to the gym in their midlife years, or older, are at risk of injury if they do too much too soon, or undertake an exercise with the wrong technique. Buying a bike and getting out on the road for the first time in 20 years might sound like a good idea, But roads are busy and dangerous places to re-familiarise oneself with bike handling. So caution and using proper instruction and support for these sorts of activities is important. And so too, someone stopping something like alcohol, depending on their level of addiction, might require support to do it safely and avoid risking significant withdrawal symptoms. So thinking about these sorts of cases and how they might end up in urgent care, I got to thinking about coffee. Coffee, and caffeine in general, is a legal stimulant that is ingested daily by huge numbers of people. Tea, coffee, and energy drinks all contain caffeine, and its ability to help wake us up and focus the mind is the reason it holds a place for so many of us in our daily routines. That tea and coffee can also be a delicious drink in its own right simply adds to the appeal. Given the prevalence of caffeine consumption, especially within energy drinks, it's likely that some people decided to reduce their consumption as a New Year's resolution. And this got me thinking, for a seemingly innocuous drug like caffeine, patients might not consider mentioning their stopping to their doctor. So I asked myself the question of whether caffeine withdrawal might play any part in an urgent care presentation. And from what I've found, the answer is yes, potentially. My main reference that I recommend you all read is from Stat Pearls, titled Caffeine Withdrawal, written in 2023 by Sajadi Nazarova et al. 
I'll summarise my main take-home points. They state that multiple studies have shown clinically relevant caffeine withdrawal symptoms, so much so it is included in the DSM-5. While incidence is unknown, they do say that up to 90% of adult Americans use caffeine regularly, and the content of caffeine in beverages varies. As with any withdrawal, there are a spectrum of symptoms, but these are all associated with caffeine withdrawal. Headache, fatigue, drowsiness, depressed mood, poor concentration, irritability, foggy head, variation in blood pressure, constipation, abdominal pains, tremor, skin flushing and tachycardia. Time of onset is 12 to 24 hours after stopping and symptoms can be seen over the following 7 to 14 days. Recommencing caffeine would typically reverse the symptoms. Important differentials to consider are wide. In reading these symptoms, it certainly sounded to me like I was describing concussion, but any other cause of headache needs to be considered, so too any cause of abdominal pain or constipation that you can think of. Hypothyroidism is an important consideration, and mental health conditions such as anxiety or depression need to be screened for. Chronic fatigue, poor sleep, and even an infective process underlying could all account for some of these symptoms. So my take-home from reading this article is that caffeine withdrawal should be something we keep on our radar, and caffeine is a drug we need to remember to ask about. In taking a history, asking about a change in drinking habits of caffeine-related products should be a question we, we ask, especially when patients have vague symptoms. The association with morning coffee consumption and opening the bowels is well known, so patients presenting with constipation need a quick screen for dietary changes that includes caffeine ingestion. It's also important to remember that caffeine is present in a number of different drinks, some that people may not realise. So asking about all sorts of teas, coffees and energy drinks in particular is needed, but there's also a large variation in the extraction of caffeine depending on different brewing methods of coffee. So a person may still drink coffee, but may be drinking a different type or using a different brewing method, which may have reduced their caffeine exposure a lot without realising. So keeping a wide differential range is always important when patients have vague symptoms, but asking about caffeine intake and any changes could provide useful information as part of a thorough workup. Do check out the Stat Pearls page, which is linked in the show notes. It's a quick and interesting read. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions or corrections, email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz. We'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then. But for now, thanks for listening. <laughs>